Santa Sabina Plaza, Palermo, Sicily. The noise that woke him was the coughing of an old Lambretta circumnavigating the fountain in front of his hotel. It was the noise of his childhood, a model plane flying over the treetops of Independence Park, his father's new two-stroke motor mower drawing parallel stripes, one light, one dark, on the New England lawn. But a strange hotel room did not afford a pleasant memory of childhood. Neither was the vicious pounding in the back of his head reminiscent of his youth. Stuart Davies stared at the ceiling, dimly visible despite the heavy drapes which he'd pulled shut only four hours earlier, hoping to sleep in late. He licked his lips. They felt like sandpaper. He tried to swallow. His throat constricted painfully. The last fortnight had been so punishing, he felt as though he'd been pushed over the edge of exhaustion so that he could barely function. In fact, the last month since arriving in Sicily had been little short of a nightmare. Not only the workload which he had to perform alone, but the gravity of what he was doing. Yesterday had been especially grueling. The final meeting, the last hurried sip of cold coffee, the inevitable anticipated denial from the suspect. Stuart wriggled his toes, clenched his fingers, and gyrated his aching head around a creaking neck. He flexed his muscles one by one, trying to pump life into his body, a routine he'd practiced every day since he was a high school football player. But it did no good. Last night's four hours of sleep was the culmination of only fifteen or so hours in the past three days. Since he'd landed in Sicily on special assignment, he hadn't managed a full night's sleep. Last night, he and the local FBI resident had travelled through the dark evening to Messina, where an exiled Las Vegas Don was prepared to give Stuart information in return for the Bureau releasing his funds, sequestered for the past ten years in a Des Moines bank. The investigation was finally beginning to come together. The politicians, the payoffs, the crime bosses. And now the links to Rome, Paris and London. If only his head wasn't pounding, he would have felt euphoric. But the routine had been blistering, and he was suffering burnout. It was typical of the FBI. So much of his job was teamwork, where he could share the frustrations and workload with others. Most was a partnership between himself and Stephanie. But in this case, he was flying solo, having convinced his boss that one man alone would be better than a team. It was enough for now. Stuart had to have a day off. It would be his only opportunity to have a look around the island, enjoy its majesty. It was ironic. One of the most beautiful islands on earth, yet infested by a hideous, cancerous growth. He would meet the resident for breakfast to go over yesterday's leads, then have the rest of the day to himself and get back to it tomorrow. Stuart got out of bed and grabbed his robe, the pounding in his head reaching a crescendo. He staggered to the bathroom, moaning involuntarily, grasping at walls to stop himself from falling. Stephanie would give him hell if she were here. She was insistent that he didn't work day and night, arguing how crucial it was to be alert and how bad the constant pressure was for his health. It took him twice as long as usual to shave and dress, the trembling in his hands causing him to nick his face three times. To select his clothes, he had to open the drapes.
As he did, the intense light of an Italian morning burst into the room, causing him to squint and avert his eyes. He checked his watch. In two hours, he was due to meet with an anti-corruption magistrate at the FBI's Palermo office. It was a PR exercise, one he could easily afford to miss. He hated this type of meeting. It took him away from his real work. He checked his appearance in the mirror and felt ashamed that his eyes were so red. Stephanie would kill him when he got back. Stephanie. He walked over and plugged the telephone cable into his portable PC, called up the FBI's private internet directory, and typed in his email address and password. After a few keystrokes from his shaking fingers, he accessed his electronic mailbox. There were eight letters waiting for him, two from colleagues in New York, following up inquiries on cases they'd taken over from Stuart while he was on overseas assignment. One was from his boss, Paul Curtin.